0: Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences, and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC, or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's as word.com. See you there. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Markus Rücker, Managing Partner of Incentives, as our guest. Markus, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell me about your company. Um, what is your focus? What are you doing?
1: So, we are a management consultancy, as we call ourselves, though we have a large focus on IT. So we basically do management consulting, organizational process, leadership, and management consulting um, in both areas, like the functional areas. Uh, mm-hmm. There's most of the, of the time it's marketing, sales, service. And um, uh, we do the same thing for the IT organization, so also organizational process and leadership uh, Uh, consultancy plus conceptual work in terms of uh, development, project management, um, agile restructuring, etc.
0: Okay, very good. Um, And what is your job at Incentives?
1: My specific job is as the CEO, I'm basically trying to uh, get, uh, you know, all the interests of employees and the customers and the few stakeholders that we have, uh, together, which not, it's, it's not always an easy task, but yeah. yeah. So basically developing, scaling the company.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, can you give us a proxy of the size and growth of your company?
1: Um, of course I can like, we have like 20 people right now, currently mm-hmm. 18 mm-hmm. of which are consultants, um, The growth is, well, currently, I would say stagnant. That's exactly something that we're um, working on right now as we Mm -hmm. are um, restructuring the company uh, Mm -hmm. currently um, since I'm like CEO right now. So I'm setting up the company into a new direction and that plus the whole Corona thing. So um, took a little bit of uh, scaling speed out of our plan. So...
0: Absolutely understand. Yeah, very good. Um, what geographical markets are you serving?
1: Um, mainly Germany. So we have clients in Austria and Switzerland as well, but I would say usually it's Germany. And then, as well as a company of our size, we have some pretty big and internationally working companies. So we basically go wherever the clients take us, which is usually within Europe.
0: Okay, cool. Um, and who's your ideal client? Who's my ideal client? A very friendly yeah.
1: client. <laughs> um, well, usually no, our I, client-
0: I mean, let me rephrase. I mean, in terms of um, market segmentation, so what industry, company size, and so on and so forth.
1: So we are usually shooting for larger companies, um, so above the KMU level, mm-hmm. um, who have a... Ah, considerably large um, IT department, because mm-hmm. IT departments with like five or ten people—that's not really, you know, what we used to work for. Because we are looking for long-term relationships and um, larger projects, because I think that's where we have our sweet spot in. And so it's larger companies with a with a larger proprietary IT, and um, usually our customer would be the CIO, I would say especially in the IT area
0: mm-hmm. is there an industry focus or, or are you industry agnostic
1: um, well as it is often with IT we are agnostic I would say so of course we have um, a lot of uh, well our, our core industries which we are working in right now is is uh, IT and utilities probably a little bit of, uh, of industry but we are doing right now the transition into pharmaceuticals and Mm -hmm. uh, healthcare and we did not find that that was really a big you know transition to make so of course we lack in those industry a little bit of the regulatory uh, knowledge we lack a little bit of the process knowledge but it's something that we found we could adjust to quite quickly at least in the the set of projects we were doing Mm -hmm. so i would say whoever talks to us we you know we we're trying to help very good very good
0: and i and think and we're honest all-
1: enough <laughs> to, to sell if you can't
0: so <laughs> yeah we, we will talk about that in a second um what's your average project size you would say
1: yeah, depending on how how you um define project size um i think it's the nature of our company that we don't have that many um, employees that our projects are like uh, 50 people, hundred people from our side, um, which there are consultancies out there who do that. So mm-hmm. I would say if you look at uh, um, our consultants, four to five would be a big project for us, which, where we have people um, mm-hmm. as a group in there. We also have quite some um, consultants who uh, work um, as, um, yeah, alone on, on projects. Um, On the other hand, when you then look at the project size or even program size, which we are working in, um, that's, yeah, a couple of hundred people that Mm -hmm. might be, it's one of the bigger ones as well, of course, but um, that's nothing really uncommon. That's why I was talking earlier about the the large IT departments were interesting, which are interesting for us. Um, because otherwise you won't get those those projects, you know. And um, yeah, long running large projects that's that's very interesting. Very interested in and uh, where we like position our employees at you know very specific um, positions in program or um, project management to have the lever then, and then we put in uh, um, uh, experts, you know, subject matter experts.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, so, you and your company have, have something unique that I haven't seen before, to be honest. Um, and that is that um, this is a company that I think your father founded, if I'm not incorrect.
1: Yes. Um, yes. He had a and- partner
0: yeah. yeah. Really cool. When, when did he start the company? In
1: 2003. Uh, they were all both working for. Actually, it's very big in our, uh, on our, on our page, and every time you're looking for uh, Plönske, for some reason, our webpage is coming up. Plönske used to be one of the first German or bigger German uh, IT consultancies, I would say, uh, back mm-hmm. in the days. so we're competitors of, of Uh, Accenture and you know those names Mm -hmm. back then there wasn't Accenture but you know Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and they got acquired by CSC which is an American company and with that came a shift in in, in strategic priorities and uh, uh, so there was a group of people who um, didn't agree to that so they played the game for a while but then uh, got out of the company my dad actually was, was a very young uh, C-level, um, uh, I think it was CMO there, and mm-hmm. uh, well, he got out uh, had us, then uh, for a short while during the uh, uh, 2000 bubble, a, a short CEO position at an um, internet shop.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, wait, cool. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah and they had, back then, uh, the, I think the biggest internet shop around 2000 was Schlecker, and that was basically running on their tech. Awesome. Um, yeah, but it wasn't, excuse me? awesome yeah yeah it was but it was it was how it was it was uh the bubble burst and uh the banks uh, wanted their money and were you know and Aing all around and uh, that was nothing for him a- anyways so that's where he decided to uh, take a package and uh, and found the company and he did that with a former partner of plunska and mm-hmm. uh, that's basically i think the the heritage, uh, the, the Brunske culture, I think you could still feel a little bit in the company beside the family aspect, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's how they got started.
0: Very cool. And, but you didn't decide to join the company when you were like finished with studying. You you started at another consultancy, correct?
1: Uh, I started at a, yeah, exactly. So the consul, uh, the incentives back then had a even stronger IT focus than we have right now. Mm-hmm. So it was IT consulting all the way, it was more strategic in IT, I think it was um, it, they started with IT strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, um, I did well, yeah, I did an MBA, basically. So at, mm-hmm. at a business school, very classical and had some IT uh, besides. So it was really not in my my preferred set. Uh, plus, I really was hesitant to go into the family business because it was sort of like, you know, it's someone else prepared the bed for you and you're just laying down and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I really um, did not really want to go, though. For some reason, I decided in my last semester not do marketing as I thought I would. I had a workshop with, uh, with a consultancy, and though that's fun. That's very conceptual and, you know, solving problems. So let's do that. So in my last semester, I turned like 90 degrees of what I wanted to do. And uh, it happened to be a consultancy with a, a, a IT arm, with a pretty strong IT arm as well. So mm-hmm. I went be- uh, went into that for some reason. And uh, my dad back then already was pretty happy, you know, seeing the signs on the wall, which I didn't at that time um, because I was doing business um, consulting as well, management consulting. Mm-hmm. Um though you know it was a, was a pretty big company and you couldn't really get out of i.t there and um, I always had touch points with i.t and then with the whole digitalization thing um yeah it was it was a natural choice to go deeper and deeper into i.t and that's basically where then I had a okay fit with the incentives as they developed a little bit more of the functional uh, management consulting as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, then at some point, uh, you know, I'm coming from a, a, or we are coming from a wine growing region, originally.
0: And no, where, so, where are you located so that all of us know?
1: Uh, uh, actually in Rheingau-Geisenheim, that's where we officially for the tax purposes
0: are registered still. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So a lot of wine around we here. You
1: always say in offices are in Frankfurt and Cologne, you know, so. Yeah, <laughs> it depends who you're talking with. Sometimes you can say that you know it's more somewhere in the countryside, and sometimes you better come with Frankfurt.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, So and then there, you know, you have always this the discussion with uh, all the uh, the winemakers and uh, how they transition from one generation to the other, and that it's pretty normal. So no one is ha- having the feeling that you know lying down in a made bed. So uh, at some point as well excessively talking with my wife, we said, uh, she, she came up with that analogy, actually, and said, Yeah, so it's not always easier doing it that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's true, maybe not. And plus, I didn't want to look back 10 years from then and say, I had the chance, which not a lot of people have. Um, Go for it, try it. And if, if you don't make it, I mean, uh, how knows how long you're going to make it in any consultancy, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's another game anyway. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to be on on the market anyway. So yeah. So that was basically the decision for, for, okay, I can can do it. And it's going to be interesting.
0: That's a pretty cool arch from uh, starting out. No, I don't want to do it at all to uh, finally (laughs) taking over from your dad. He must he must, he must have been pretty happy, no, in the end
1: he was yeah, yeah yeah. as i said he already realized uh, at that point well it wasn't like i didn't want to do it at all so i mean um, one of my subjects that or electives at, at university was it at the end but um, i didn't really see it as a job and i saw myself of course like you know it was a business school so um of course i thought i could be going out and, and strategy don't know how a process works, but I do strategy. <laughs> not quite as bad, but, you know, doing a lot of conceptual work and, and and not that IT thing, which back then had, I think, also a different reputation, sort of. So mm-hmm. I sort of grew into it as well in, in, in the job I did before. And as I said, the digitalization thing is something that you had seen, at least in Arkansas, like a like, like couple of years prior, that you mm-hmm. can't do business without IT anymore, and IT as a strategic asset. Mm-hmm. Um, hardware as well as organization so
0: makes sense yeah, yeah. makes sense um, how was the transition from for, from you into the company um, like what, were there some things that were harder than others what did go well what didn't go well in the beginning at least
1: well at the beginning when I started like it was 2005 the agreement was that I would not go into the company and be a uh, CEO-style employee right away. Mm-hmm. So I was doing projects at, at the beginning, doing more like, like acquiring projects. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I came into the company and, of course, I had this sometimes totally different view of how things should, should be done and uh, had a lot of ideas. And then, you know, uh, I'd say the, the guys already there was okay. Keep keep it common. The young guns copy. always keep wanting it. to change yeah, the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my dad also told me that, um, okay, now it's, you know, you got to work something, you've got to be a colleague first. And I think that's a good approach. Mm-hmm. That's a good approach so far for, for, for the good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. As it turns out, a lot of those things that I was uh, uh, just, you know, as, I, as I'm saying, or as I said before, um, we're doing a lot of restructuring right now. And um, I've still found in my OneNote or somewhere notes from 2015, 16, which were basically was addressing the same issues we have right now. And they are much harder. So at that point, I must I must say, in, in hindsight, um, That was one of the things that probably didn't work as well. So the phase of how long do you need to be a colleague to 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 really change something in that company, I think Mm -hmm. that took a little bit too long for
0: us. Um, Okay, very good. Yeah, I mean, I saw it in my my father's company, which he had taken over from his uh, my, my granddad, so to say, and my brother took over that company now a couple of years ago. And that was like, I can tell you, that was a tough time for like one, two years where they still had to work somehow together. Um, but my brother wanted to change everything. And my father said, no, no, but it's working. So I think it only got better also in the per- on a personal relationship level when my father basically stopped working um, and, and retired. And then, then everything was good again. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think it wasn't... I don't know how bad it was. Um, So we always had a very good uh, relationship. So that never really was the issue Was just the pace of change for some reason. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know how much more I could have pushed, should have pushed, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I said like focus areas of one of the first things then when we started to change things uh, was um, Back then, the issue was uh, to getting new people because hiring as, as a no name in the market basically is pretty hard. So we tried a lot of things until we got that fixed, and we said, "Okay, now we can hire people." So now let's go into the acquisition part and along came Corona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did then when Corona didn't really work out with our uh, acquiring channels we had in place back then.
0: Mm-hmm. Um- so what kind of um, like magic did you do to, to finally crack the code of hiring the right people?
1: Uh, home. Uh, that's two different steps. First of all, how to get to the, uh, to the people that might be the correct people, how to get into a conversation. And the second one is um, also a learning curve, how to pick the right ones out of those with whom you're talking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, of course, that's... Um, um, a function of where you put your um, um, uh, your searches, your you know online platforms or personal uh, contacts, and how you formulate um, those um, description uh, the, the job descriptions you're try, uh, basically trying to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made a huge impact. Um, we were also relying on um, or we are still like, for, especially for the, uh, the higher grade jobs, relying to uh, on, uh, on, on, on service providers as well. So which is not the most um, uh, or not, not, not the cheapest way. But if you think what effort you put in and all this, if you want to be present in all the um, platforms they are out there, it's not that cheaper because you're doing it for a much longer period of time. So yeah. it's um, so it's one way definitely. But for us as well, especially if you, if you want to want some key personnel, um, it's service providers and working your service providers like. Uh, make making them know how you tick and what would work for you and exactly what you need so that you Mm -hmm. keep that search for uh, for minimal amount of time Mm -hmm. and you know then of course yeah uh, making a deal with them that it's not too expensive so that's basically the two pillars we are working Mm -hmm. on with right now
0: oh that's interesting um Let's shortly dive into this because I'm curious, um, what, are your, your, what would you advise someone? So, for example, if I would like to work with a service provider or a headhunter, um, what would you advise me to do in terms of um, get them up to speed, um, tell them what we really need? Like you, you said, um, they should learn how you tick and also in negotiating a deal that makes sense for both sides. What would you tell me? What should I do?
1: Um, talk with them a lot, uh, and use many iterations. So many of them, uh, would use, uh, would let you, um, on a non-search basis. That's basically what's not their, um, uh, uh, their effort, uh, peak, um, CVs basically. So mm-hmm. what you could do is or what we always do is, okay, we have a face where we're not looking actively, but I, I tell them what we're looking for. And every time they come across someone, that's as, at least how they say, it. they might be even looking for it a little bit and put a little bit of effort. in it. They shoot it over and say, is that going to, to, to the proper direction? And then we can discuss about those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is as well, when you have the first interviews, uh, to give them like honest feedback directly what was good and what was not good um i also uh, like it when they are in one or two interviews present so they know how i mm-hmm. interview what i'm looking for in the first interview uh, not not in the personal interviews then but uh in, in the telephone interviews and mm-hmm. many of them do this as well and then you need one of those um that are not pushing you too fast and, and i might be generalizing here but um especially those with an Anglo-Saxon background, they push you. It's quite and aggressive, like
0: yeah.
1: yeah. quite yeah. aggressively. They push you towards a decision and they, you need to decide right now. And then we, we, we talked to, uh, to, uh, to the guy and he said, no, I, I don't really need to change right now. I'm just looking and I don't have any other offers. So no, you don't have it. But they are <laughs> really trying to close very aggressively um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> sales, right? So um, that's how, how they treat it. And the, the better ones, they, um, yeah, they really want to have the fit and then as well hope, you know, for continuous uh, uh, business. And that's something like, I think, or at least for me is really important that you don't have the feeling that at the end of the day, you're making a decision just because you have someone else in the back of your neck, because that's too important for me, for the company and for the guy we're hiring because we had it that we let people go in this uh, six month uh, trial period. Yeah. And I don't really like those dogs. I don't. So yeah, I, I don't nobody likes this, really like I think, it for, for, for them. And uh, it's unfair.
0: So yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Now that was interesting. Thanks a lot for that. Um, so let's come back to the, to the whole topic of you are basically a family owned business, um, second generation. <laughs> so that's not, yeah. that co- that's not that common, at least in consultancies. Um, what do you think is, is an advantage uh, of being a, 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 such a business um, where you basically are the sole deciding person on, on most important topics?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it, it's got always two sides to the middle, right? So um, the the advantage is, of course, that you have a limited amount um, of people you're uh, accountable for. So you can make decision quicker. You don't always have to go in in a decision process with too many people who have uh, like financial stakes in the company. Same for uh, listed companies, public companies, right? So um, that's definitely something I think that's uh, uh, a that big advantage in terms of um, decision-making process, mm-hmm. and, you know, making the decision. Oh, i come to the difference in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, of well, not not of course, but uh, what we are trying to maintain in in our company as a culture is this family kind of thing. So my mother was work was working and is still a little bit working in, in the company. Really, okay. also? Yeah, <laughs> that you know, is that's cool. A, mm, yes and no. So um, <clears throat> you can always say a client. Ah, I got to ask my mother.
0: So, <laughs> 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 wow cool yeah interesting uh, so,
1: yeah she's in the in the back back office and uh, mm-hmm. but she's still you know she's still one of the main holder shareholders you don't have shares but yeah mm-hmm. um so um um but she's not interfering with, with business decisions so um so she would always Put notes with uh, greetings to the wives and the children and, and stuff like that in every po- post postal thing they would she would send to 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 the employees and uh, surprisingly nice. the employees up until today they they always come up with that example of how you know cozy and family wise this sole company is <laughs> so and, and of course you start thinking about now as we're doing the transition. Um, how are you gonna keep that, All right? So, and I think that for a lot of people, uh, this family-like um, culture as well as an advantage. Uh, and to that, it's not only this, you know, nice things you, you maybe do left and right, um, but uh, although, um, um, but uh, also the um, the trust. I think what comes with it. So the employees know that we are not gonna scroll them over. Mm-hmm. Um, they can come to us because we know all the families so we have one or two celebrations a year we are all the families with the kids like 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 christmas so the, uh, uh, the spouses or girlfriends or friends uh, and boyfriends whatever we have <clears throat> come together with the kids and uh, um, the kids get presents from the company so we have really like uh, kids that are now 21 not kids anymore but still want to come, still get their present. That's basically like vouchers, <laughs> Amazon or whatever vouchers. And they you know, go or Douglas and stuff like that. But they still want to come. It's it's basically their choice. And last year we had to cancel uh, Christmas and they were really bummed. So we are having a summer semif- fest. And I think that's something that provides for our low attrition rate because we basically do not have attrition.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so at as a consultancy.
1: Year, <laughs> as a consultancy, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, we basically had this year one one colleague who switched over to a client. And The last one before that was he didn't go to a client, but someone else it was like 16 or something. 2016 was the last time wow. one of our colleagues
0: left. Yeah, us. No, normal attrition rate yeah. I think is like 20 to 30 percent. Um, yeah, and so was that still is the time really the, good. It yeah, yeah. was
1: still the time when we were all working at the clients, traveling and stuff, right? Hmm. And they are they are doing the extra hours. We had a huge migra- at a bank a huge migration project. Three years so for three years they had um, every two weeks they were migrating. And they had a, a built a, a new new banking platform, and then they would uh, migrate every every two weeks so and so many banks onto this. And it was a uh, 500 banks they had to migrate onto this platform for. Two years then, one year of conception, two years of migration, basically. So they had work on, to work on the weekends. A, a large portion of hmm. our people back then, okay. and none of them quit. None of them quit. So <laughs> I think that's that's uh, I think that's 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 a big advantage uh, in a you know small family led business. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and from a client perspective, so to say, um, like, are there advantages of working with you as a family on consultancy?
1: Um, Yeah, that is the third point uh, where I wanted to come in. Uh, It's um, uh, the long-term perspective. So we basically have a long-term perspective on our business. And if we do not or do not fit one project at one client currently, where we say the way it's set up, it's set up for failure, we cannot recommend that and we cannot support this in, in a way that it works out at the end or we say we can't deliver here because we don't have the people. We maybe don't have the skills. Uh, We don't really know where we are. You better go with someone else at that point. We all be looking for him, but we can't. So um, we can do that. So it's not that selling, you know, no matter what. And I think that's, that's the advantage for the client as well. And yeah. and then the decision, you know, we were talking about the, the, the pyramid. We want a pir- sort of a pyramid, uh, our focus is more like experienced people, so we can put them into those huge programs and projects. And so, really make
0: so just a second in terms of pyramid, what you mean is basically the, the structure, HR structure um, of, of your company, having exactly. like um, a few partners, uh, more managers and a lot more young consultants More, and more and more because in the lower, lower uh, uh,
1: levels, that's where the margin is because mm-hmm. people don't earn that much as a partner, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. And um, making that decision is—it's not good for the margin, but it's good for the client and it's good for the business, our business at least. Uh, so you know we need to balance it because we need to develop our own skills, skill set. Mm-hmm. We need to develop people, et cetera. But that's basically something that is a is a decision we we made very consciously. Because we all know from the market or we know from, from former experiences at other consultancies that there's a school bus approach. It's actually Mr. Schutt, the former CIO of Lufthansa said that you coming <laughs> with the school bus, sending me me pupils to, to educate them on my project and then uh at best and have them lock in effect and you know, not letting them uh, go There anymore. was
0: there was a saying um, that I heard when I was a younger consultant, learning on fee based projects. <laughs> At that time, it was nice for me. But uh, I also thought, well, um, th- they could have like put on other people on on this project, and it would have gone faster, probably. Um, so I, I, yeah. it's a thing in the end. But um, yeah, it shouldn't go like, I think, from a client's perspective, if it's too much young guns, um, the project can still fly, but not as smoothly and fast as if you have the white balance of also more senior people yeah. on the project.
1: Yeah and that's something we want to account for then when 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 we have that situation that that we accept for for a a certain um acclimatization period yeah. we say the first 2 weeks this guys just you know starting to get you, get to know you we will not charge you for that and stuff like that. Well that Some, is really honest. To, yeah 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 because we've been there and we know that they are not going to be productive maybe at the beginning yeah. So... um yeah, so so that's I think something that, that, that we can do as as well something to do that we are not listed or that we are have no expectancies of of, of, a, of a large group of people who want their payout now and see okay what's what's my rentability yeah. rentability now, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah basically that. On the other hand, uh, the drawback of the whole thing as as at least as we are set up right now with a very very slim you know decision making group um of course is that um you have a lot less sparing and that's something that i miss seriously um mm-hmm. because i i believe in the power of the group and that might be something that you know that, that you learn as a consultant that the group is always bigger than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. and um uh, then at some point the the loneliness as a top it sounds, top not, sounds very high so we're just 20 people but, uh, but still, I can't talk with everybody about, as o- about everything as openly as I would wish. So
0: yep.
1: um, a, a larger group in that now, not decision-making, but decision preparation phase, uh, I think that's a drawback of the whole thing. We yeah. try to counter that that, most, that that many strategic decisions we discuss in the whole group so mm-hmm. they know what we're doing and why we're doing what and you know, getting as well their opinions on that.
0: But mm-hmm. uh, that has limits. Yeah, I absolutely understand what, what, what you mean. It's the same for us or me, um, yeah. at our company. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, what helps or helped also me a lot and is still helping. I formed like a group of advisors around the topics where I know that I need some sparing. So I have someone who's really good at marketing, um, who was a former, um, like managing director of, of a big, like Ogilvy, a big, uh, marketing agency in mm-hmm. Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, then someone who, who helps me with uh, sales, also, especially with bigger companies, who was like head of GE Germany. And uh, you might think, well, how, how does Semi get in touch with those people? But honestly, it's not that hard. If you just know what you need and you ask in your network, usually you get connections. And if they like what, what you do, I mean, you don't even have to pay them uh, because they also get something out of it in terms of learnings. So yeah. Um, I, I still want to get like my my co-founders to also do that. Like my CTO, I think he would benefit from from some other CTOs who went through this phase where we are right now. Because, mm-hmm. but I have to push a little bit more until he's there. So, but I think that is something that you can do anyways um, if you haven't done it already. That would um, and it's also fun. To yes and no. So it's
1: always good to hear because you know it gives you a little bit more drive to go back out there again. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, the mentoring, like ex-partners from, from, from the ex-company or, or somewhere else, like the BitComs and BDU and whatever you have, just, you know, trying to work what you have. Uh, I wouldn't say I did that uh, excessively or, um, uh, or all I could could have done, but that's definitely something that, that yeah, I want to do and need
0: needs to be done yeah. And funny enough, having these advisors, it's it's also really good for connections for sales. So we got in touch with really big, um, cl- like I would say almost two big clients for us uh, at the beginning. Now we're growing into it, but um, it's amazing what like, because we are only used to cold outreach because in the beginning, like we started with a few people in my network, but that's it. And then you have to go to people you don't know, but um, it's amazing how easy it is to sell when you're used to code selling. Uh, when you get a warm introduction, it was almost like it, it, that. That was almost the most fun of of having our advisors. Um, I mean, I enjoy every conversation, but having these low hanging fruits um, handed over—that's really cool. So maybe that's something that would help you on yeah. this other topic as well. Yeah, maybe. So
1: definitely. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I'm really cool. <laughs> so now we are talking about um, winning projects um, and. You told me that um, that you basically are really good at leveraging your existing relationships with your existing um, clients and with clients, I don't mean the companies, but the people within the company. Um, and and even like they take you to whatever new job at new companies they have, can you can you expand a little bit on that? And especially on what is your mag- magic formula to make this happen?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's the, that's coming again from uh, two points. Like you know, the family-run business, which is in itself, I think, very open and supportive and transparent, based on trust. And I think we convey that a little bit into our our relationship, and well, not only a little bit uh, into the relationship with the clients. Um, I think. Uh, at the beginning, I said something that was as well, I think, the, the the culture of Klönske again. So that's where my dad and his partner, I think, got into the company as well. Um, <clears throat> being accountable, being transparent, being responsible. And um, I think th- these are the main, um, main relationship builders for us, plus putting in a lot of hard work. So we have colleagues that... Yeah, they do the hours and they do a good job uh, at the same time, um, and uh, uh, the clients just trust them in a way that they would send them to every burning fire they have in their company, and that's that's worth a lot. Definitely. Yeah, I think, so I think that's that's basically. Those things, and you can only gain that trust through it, like um, um, a long period of time. You can't do one project and then you're done. It's interesting how you behave after the project. You know how pushy you get, how 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 you, you you're hard. You're trying to to stay in the client. How you know mm-hmm. and that thing. And yeah, you
0: know. what what is your take on that? Like how, like once your project is finished, what do you do usually? Oh well. Uh, like in any good consultancy,
1: of course we have uh, we start conversations with the clients like way before, ideally way before the, the, the project ends, right? So that we start talking about them, about their their company, telling them, of course, what 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 else we have in our portfolio and where we could imagine where we could work together and where we could have you know a talk maybe a a workshop, which the client usually doesn't pay for, just just, you know, get to know each other from another perspective as well. And of course, trying to stay in touch. That's the most important part, I guess, because once you had, like just today, I had a a client where basically the project was running out and um, we were were saying, yeah, we'll just stay in touch. And it was no way, they just got a new CEO and they had a lot of restructuring where we, at the end of the day, We said, okay, it's not the biggest company, it's not small also, but they have a lot on their plate right now. And we said, okay, we wanted to do a certain project which was going into the CRM direction. Um, That's not something you should do right now. You have other things that are your priority or should be your priority and better select two things and really do them than start 10 and get nothing done really, because that's only uh, frustrating. And at the end of the day, it was just unfortunately, or. I don't know, um, the right decision to not proceed with our project at that point of time. Um, Mm -hmm. So we we stayed in contact and the next contact point was now May, I guess. But today I got the call that they had issues with uh, um, with another topic, which we were never talking about, whether or not we could talk about it. And now we'll have a meeting about it like next week. Congrats. Nice. Yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, so I think that's uh, not being too pushy. Still, everybody knows that our business to stay in contact and you can be open about it. Just tell them, okay, you know that I have to do it. I know that you know that I have to offer you something else. Uh, We we need to stay in contact, blah, 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 as as long as you don't say no. Um, And I think many people do understand that. And if you're on a personal level, uh, it works out. that's, um, that's, That's really worth a lot.
0: And I mean, uh, compared to cold outreach and sales where you don't know anyone, you have a big advantage. You know the company and the person and you usually don't say, hey, uh, I want to sell you this. Um, I would assume you rather come and say, hey, I saw those two or three points where you could do better. That would have this and this positive impact for your company. And then, I mean, I would almost say it's your obligation to at least mention what they could do better if they want to start it or not it's something
1: sure. exactly that's uh, that's uh, what I was trying to say earlier and of course you start from day one uh, addressing issues that you see because that's you know the value you bring and mm-hmm. that's how at the end of a project hopefully you have a whole bunch of topics that you at least could talk about and say there could help they have an idea who might help might be able to help you and here let's see what we can do right and uh, dive deeper into it understand it together and maybe we work together or not, and yeah, so that's the way, and that's uh, coming back to your question, yeah. So, one of our biggest um, cl- well, not yeah, single person clients, not not company mm-hmm. clients yet. Yeah. Uh, he's we work with him through three companies right now, and he's now uh, CIO and uh, uh. Yes, CEO in pharmaceuticals, basically. Mm-hmm. And. Um, the, it, oh, that's
0: how you got into pharma. That's
1: you know? how, I, how we got into pharmaceuticals. Huh?
0: Ha, that's cool.
1: Yeah, and, and it was a project. There's, uh, you know, all the strategic companies that you have, uh, the, the big three in there, and, and, and all IT wise as well, large companies or yeah, the big three with their IT. Um, Thing that we would have really had a hard, hard time going into this running project but because he knew us or one or two people from us and knew how we work he still brought us in and was frankly he was he was talking to us like and if you grow in that company i don't care as long as you're you know helping me out here so what what else would you would, would you wish for right
0: perfect perfect yeah no, I really like what you say, um, and especially in consulting, of course, it's a it's a people's business. So if you, I mean, yeah. you you usually not only help a company or department become successful, but also individuals. And if you can leverage that over the course of your of a of a lifetime, basically, um, that is like valuable for both parts. So um, really exactly. nice story. Yeah. Um. So. You also said that you made first steps in in um, winning new clients via LinkedIn. Um, can you tell us what you what you and your employees already tried and what maybe worked or, or didn't work?
1: Um, a lot of cold contacts. And surprisingly, it worked. I think it's a personal thing, how, how, how you do it. Sometimes you probably just have to dare. I, I have a weird feeling of simply contacting someone. Hey, do you want to... Do something together or talk about something. So basically, there's two ways. Um, one way is to talk about content. Someone posts something on LinkedIn, and you get why this con. You comment on this content, and it's like, "What? Oh, okay, I agree. I disagree. Better you agree, and uh, you know, then then you uh, can get into a conversation. Or you mm-hmm. really just contact them. Hey, we're you know looking doing this and that. Sounds interesting. We, you want to talk. And um, especially the last approach is um, where where we tried some um, um, solutions like software solutions like plugins Mm -hmm. for LinkedIn that Mm -hmm. do that automatically for you. Mm -hmm. So everybody else knew that but I, because up until the pandemic, I was a Xing guy. I wasn't really a a LinkedIn guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, um, and that worked as well. So you get a lot of contact, and it's just um, the rule of the mass, right? So mm-hmm. you try often enough, you'll find someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you just basically go, hey, I do this, you do that, let's talk. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we can talk, and then something gets, uh, comes out of it. And this mass approach, that was not what we usually were doing. So we were really, it was very personal, and you know you meet people, you talk to people, and you don't talk about business at first at all. And then you know you bit by bit you you get closer. And uh, usually, by the way, by the way, when we are having uh, offers, we provide offers to 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 our clients or prospective mm-hmm. clients. Usually, that thing is already sealed. So. That's because we are talking with our clients about what they need, what they can do, how it should be structured, everything beforehand. And then we do the offer, basically. That's
0: the that's so, perfect yeah. way to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's so was how we usually would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the pandemic, so uh, as I said earlier, so we, we fixed the thing, we find people like in different yeah. layers, you not know, top people. Uh, now let's go out and hunt. Or fish, whatever. It was more a mm-hmm. fishing approach that we did. <laughs> um, so, and then there came the pandemic, and we mm-hmm. at the beginning, ah, okay, let's you know wait the three months out, and then we will see. Uh, lucky enough, all our clients were like uh, working offline, online, like very well, so we don't didn't have any interruptions there. Uh, we had a little bit of decisions delayed, but that was nothing that uh, we could. Say would uh, would have affected us, really and
0: good.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so we're in a lucky position in that regard. But on the other hand, as it turned out to be longer and longer, so I, I think in 2020 we had like one convention thingy. It wasn't really a convention. It was was it was was a meetup, business meetup, and we had mm-hmm. some contact. I think we got one client out of it, not not too mm-hmm. much. And um, but that's it. In 2021, basically, nothing of that happened. So. Um, that's why we 2020, we started uh, trying to, to figure out the new channels, because, you know, we figured as well, it, it will not go away entirely. Mm-hmm. So we just up our, uh, our game in, in that regard, be it social or
0: whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, are you still pushing with like code outreach messages through, I, I would assume it's like message bots that help you reach a lot of people? Um, is it still something that you do now or would you say uh, it was OK for the beginning, but there were some learnings and you, you want to try some different things?
1: Both. Well, uh, I think we're still doing it. I, know, I, I do not only think we, we are still doing it, but it depends on the people. So because LinkedIn, uh, you cannot tell anyone you do this now and uh, uh, cold contact a lot of people, if it's not their way of doing it, the results are not that great. So, um, we have people who maybe do it like very isolated cases. So, they isolate the case and then go with a, with a plan to this person. For example, oh, I saw you posted this, blah, 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 mm-hmm. let's talk. Uh, uh, but we're also doing the other one as well, um, but not that broad anymore as we did because we figured it's, a, it's still work for little. Outcome. Yet we have to say people who do it well. I mean, during pandemic we gained like twenty-five new clients or even thirty. I don't, don't know the biggest ones, but mm-hmm. we have now established contacts and have delivered projects for those people, our mm-hmm. companies. Um, so you can say it was a total failure, and there's mm-hmm. like bigger names as well, like like proper KMUs in there, maybe not ducks. Okay but uh mdx mm-hmm. yeah so um that was surprising as well <laughs> so it worked in a way but it wasn't really as, as i said before we are looking for bigger clients for long term interactions and that's not what we got
0: mhm yeah b- funny enough my, uh, we also went through a kind of transition at at our company in the beginning um we we did this kind of approach like rather go go to a lot of people and try to like get these 0.5 to i don't know one percent um who may have this problem right now i mean you would say um in terms of marketing or sales terminology that's like demand capturing so you're not creating demand you just shoot it out and and sometimes you get kind of lucky with this um, big numbers game you will get lucky over over the course of time um and then we figured that our like target market, and for most of our clients that we help uh, in this respect, the target market is not like fifty thousand people. Um, it's like usually one, two thousand people max. So you you are through these people really fast if you do it like this. Like in a couple of months, you you vote all of them, and what what then? <laughs> and that's where we started thinking. Okay, what can we do that is like not this mass approach that even was a little bit. It, didn't feel wrong, but it also didn't feel super right to do it, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and then we came up with this whole, um, like I, I really like what you're doing in terms of researching and trying to, to find a com- commonality, like something someone posted. I think it's more work, but the conversion rate will be higher. And the connection, even though you might not get a call in the first place is a stronger one than if you just send, um, Hey, I'm, I'm here and let's connect. And do you have a problem where I can help? or you can phrase it however you want to, but still, um, it feels a little bit different. Um, So my gut feeling is also because of my conversations with a lot of like, B2B SaaS marketing and sales leaders, so not consultancy but but uh, B2B companies, um, also mainly from the US that the trend there is more shifting to um, instead of capturing only also generation like demand generation, where you try to inform your target clients and provide value instead of like only trying to get the 0.5 to 1%, it's harder um, because you have to think about what can I provide that adds value, but you're an expert in your field. So it seems harder, but in the end, you have a lot of know-how and you do a lot of projects repeatedly that your clients maybe only do once in in, in five or 10 years. So it, I think it's possible. Um, so Sorry to, to jump in here, but I, um, I just oh, had to think um, sure, yeah. that, that that I think you did both and it both has its place. Um, and um, if I would bet my money on the future of marketing and sales and B2B, it would be more on the demand um, generation on providing value building communities um, because that is sustainable in the, in the long term. Yeah, yeah I but, think I would agree especially for consultancies where the personal relationship is so important. Um, If you're a B2B company in the United States where you have like 100,000 potential clients, I mean, probably you don't care if you if you annoy some people. (laughs) Um, Very good. We we are already at the end of our conversation, Marcus. um, And I have some some rapid fire questions lined up for you. Are you ready? Sure let's hit it Um, what do you do to keep body and mind fit and sharp
1: reading cooking and running in that order (laughs) Uh,
0: what's your favorite meal that you're cooking oh that varies Um, right now right now
1: right now i do a lot of steak because we have a new grill and uh, so i must say steak right now
0: no, it's not too bad. I like steaks. That's good.
1: No, otherwise, uh, otherwise uh, uh, um, uh, so, um, uh, uh beef bourbon or something like that, something that takes a lot of time and a lot of flavors. And that's
0: yeah. I must expensive. also say like, instead of these fillets or, or like easy to make steaks, I mean, everybody can make a good piece of meat, like steak good, but I think it's like more an art to take this, um, these cheap pieces, so to say, like a shoulder or whatnot. And and to do it over a long course of time, everything tastes better. It's still like I'm absolutely with you. It's really cool. Really cool. Um, So what kind of business book are you reading if you read any or do you have a favorite business book?
1: No, not a favorite because uh, I haven't read a book that says business and you read it and you have it. So It's uh, actually, it's different ones. So the last one I probably read, which I was referring to a lot uh, lately is uh, in respect to negotiations. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called never split the difference. It's uh, not know if you heard that.
0: I read it. Uh, Yeah, it's really good.
1: It's a diff. Yeah. And and the fun thing is I I had some uh, negotiations with much larger companies, which basically brought us clients. And um, I, I, you know, prepared the the negotiation with that book and it it worked like a charm i don't know why and what but so there's something in it that works it's an interesting approach of course you have to you know it's not the preparation part of where do i want to go and stuff but the actual negotiation itself um that's yeah no that had an impact um if you look at leadership i would say true north uh, we talked about selling. So uh, back the elephant. I don't know if, if you know that one. No. It's uh, yeah. Should read, could read it. Should read it. That's basically the the, the preparation approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun read. Um, to sell is human. You probably know as well.
0: Uh, no. To be, to be honest, no.
1: No. To sell as, no. to sell is human is a very good book for me. It's more like. Um, a lot of people read it for, for, for sales purposes, but for me, it's a collaboration thing as well uh, because it's uh, uh, his um, stamp is basically um, um, whatever you do, you're always selling, you know, and we as a consultant, when we did our job and we have this presentation, a final presentation, we are selling that one, you know, it's not only we sell the project. Um, if you um, negotiate negotiate with your boss about an in- increase, you are selling yourself. So it's be- for him, uh, human interaction is a lot based of of selling, and he goes mm-hmm. into what makes it good or not. And um, yeah, so for me, what it was more the collaboration perspective on it. But yeah, I
0: think yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, in the end, it's an an exchange of 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 something, like even marriage. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm. I'm with you. You're kind yeah, of selling just all the time. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I mean, it it sounds so bad if you say it, but it's kind of good um, <laughs> when you execute it, right? Um,
1: yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite business leader that you follow?
1: Uh, no, actually, I don't. Maybe I should have.
0: No, uh, no, no. Um, you don't have to. All good.
1: All good. But, um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's some uh, you know some, some some guiding star that uh, that I'm lacking. But now, um, actually, there's
0: now okay um who should be our next podcast guest and why
1: i was I, I, actually i was thinking about this a while but um I, I probably would would uh first talk to them before they are invited to uh to the podcast um mm-hmm. no i think i think of um old partners that i was working with or 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 um people who who build up their company as well, Uh, Mm -hmm. other consultancies who are we basically friendly with.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, we can talk after, after our recording. Um, And now you can directly address our audience, anything we can help you with?
1: Well, as I said earlier, so this, the, the sparing thing is something that I'm lacking. And um, so everything that helps scaling the company, you know, experience who had experience in It's getting the company basically as as you as well said you know you you need a skill set you can't Mm. do it all on your own and um so be it marketing be it sales be it uh hr and yeah so that's basically the the three main topics for us i I think for myself it's what what what, what's uh most interesting for me sales uh, sales right now i think yeah
0: okay very good I will also look in my network. I think I know one or two people that could fit. I will ask. Right. Um, and if someone wants to get in touch with you, what would be the best way?
1: Uh, I guess LinkedIn, email.
0: Okay, LinkedIn. So uh, you have to search for Markus Rücker. It's M-A-R-K-U-S and then Rücker R U E R-U-E-C-K-E-R at Incentis.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the email domain,
1: yeah. Yeah, and Lincoln, perfect. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not always sure how they, use, how they uh, go about with the U. Uh, the U.
0: Yeah, well, so uh, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe it, oh, instead yeah, of the exactly. U, E, take a U if you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, but you will find them. We will also link it in the show notes, your LinkedIn profile. So if you're keen on talking to Markus, um, just look into the show notes of the show and you will find the link there. Um so it was a pleasure to have you Marcus. Um uh, learned a lot again. Um, thank you for being on our show. Thanks again
1: for having. Was well, a great time. And uh, look forward to hearing from you soon.
0: Awesome.